Speed is a Boulder Dash and Mr. Do mashup for the ZX Next. It's R. Sinclair 71. Hi, everybody. Welcome to R. Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking speed. Speed. I feel the need for speed, Boat. I had Do to say you? it. Because that, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Would you consider yourself a lead foot when it comes to driving? Boy, I used to be. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> when I delivered pizza back in the day. It's funny. I was taking Luther Jiu-Jitsu via the back way the other day. Mm. <clears throat> and What's the back way? The back way is uh, you turn beside Fruth and go down mm-hmm. that way. Oh, okay. And... and the road there has these enormous speed bumps on it. In fact, yeah. there are speed bumps all the way down that road. Then the road I turn onto after that, there's more speed bumps. And I told the boy, I was like, you see these speed bumps here? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm like, those are because of me. Because <laughs> I used to go down, I used to blow down through that road. Uh, in fact, I could get air. That's up by the old Mountaineer 4x4, right? Yes, sir. And I used to blow, I in Hurricane, all these back roads, I was like a modern day Duke boy. I would go down through these things. I mean, gravel flying in my grand, uh, uh, what was it I used to, uh, was it Grand Jaguar E-Type? No, yeah, not quite. And I, I mean, I would just haul tail to, to these. Now, did I need to go that fast to deliver these pizzas? Probably not. And something else people don't, you know, just because I want to rant about this a minute. You know, pizza delivery people today, they don't know how good they got it. They got GPS. They got cell phones. They have jack squat. If you couldn't find an address back in the day, you had to drive to the nearest payphone boat. Payphone. You know what I'm saying? You had no GPS. You better hope and pray that sucker left their porch light on or has numbers <laughs> on their house. Otherwise, you're boned. That's mm. why we had to go so fast. We used to give the police free pizza, right? Why did we do that? Because the police would let me go by at 100 miles an hour and just wave. <laughs> You know, and as I drove by, so I had free range. I could go past all sobriety checks, roadblocks, because they would they would just flag me by because the That's boss awesome. took care of them. So, yes, I had the need for speed, but I noticed that I've gotten older and wiser, Boat, that I don't have the need for speed mm-hmm. because uh, you could watch, get yourself killed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the, everyone else is a worse driver or I'm more observant than I was, probably B, but I, I, now I'm a lot more worried to go fast uh, than I used to be. Have you? I mean, when you were growing up, did you did you lust after fast cars? Like, did you have a picture, like a poster of a Lamborghini on your wall or anything? You know, I've never cared about cars ever. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't care what I drive. I've driven the worst cars. You've seen some. Mm-hmm. I've driven the worst cars. Now I've got a, the car I've got now. The Jeep is probably one of the best cars I've ever had. It, you know, it is the best. But I mean, the Dowdies, and I've said this before. We drive cars until no one, we're the last owner. There is no, we don't sell the car to another guy. They just go directly to the scrapyard. We drive them into the dirt. That's how we do mm-hmm. it. It's a family tradition. And so all the cars I've had were like hand-me-downs. I mean, I bought, I can say with no doubt in my mind that I've bought cars for $250 and $400 that I drove for years mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and was proud of it, you know, because, but I mean, were they the safest cars? And could they go fast? Even if I had a lead foot, probably not. But that's yeah. the way we did it. So, and I never, I mean, if I wanted to get a special car, I would want like the 1960s Batmobile, something like mm-hmm. that. Really, something wacky, not just like I don't know the names of cars, the numbers. I don't know any of that crap, boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
today's uh, today's game, even though it's called Speed, I don't know if you're going to be uh, if you're going to be setting any land speed records driving this particular vehicle, Aaron. Let's talk about <laughs> Speed, shall we? You know, this is a unique game. First of all. I want to thank our good buddy Rushi. I'm going to put myself on big time on big time camera here. He sent uh, this copy to us of Speed, uh, and I should mention that uh, uh, this is, of course, obviously the physical copy of this. And there, it's a beautiful job. Yeah, uh, you the know, artwork is stunning for this. It's, game. it's real good. You can see uh, right here, and then I've also, it comes with a little card. I'm guessing these are repurposed uh, switch cases, boat. That's okay. my guess. Okay. And you've got the little SD card, and you've got the little instruction book. So that, I will say, uh, you've got a, this thing is a very nice, tight, beautiful piece of work right there. Now, uh, with all that said, so we were very fortunate because this is really the first time we've been able to have the ability to play uh, ZX Next games. And for that matter, it's the first time that I've really had a, a foolproof way of playing uh, games from the Spectrum in general. But certainly... Oh, the Unamiga gave me the limited ability to play very small ZX Next games, but with the Mister Boat, we've got full power. Yeah, yeah. the The Mister ZX Next core is is so great, and I second the the your your observation that just playing ZX Spectrum normal ZX Spectrum games on the Mister is a real treat. So, uh, hats off to the the development community that's that's making these cores. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, of course. Like I said, the first game we tried to uh, we'll try out is Speed. So let's talk about uh, Speed uh, Boat. Uh, this just came out in like December of 2020, yeah. very end of the year. So it's as it's as fresh as a daisy boat. Uh, this was developed by an outfit called Leorg Productions, published by Bitmat Soft. You know, it's funny, boat Bitmat Soft. Actually, we did one of their games on the Amiga recently. Uh, are we was that a uh, tiny little slug? Was that no, one of theirs? Uh, well, well, it's one that I think we've got in the pipeline. Smarty and oh the, yes, and, Smarty and the Nasty Gluttons. That's right. Uh, they also published uh, Golden Wing, Slayers of High Toro, uh, the Greelocks Contagion. So they've got they've they've been putting out stuff. Uh, boat has bitmat soft, and again, this is strictly available on the ZX Next now. I'd never heard of this until we got it sent to us, and I, so I don't know how big a release it was, but it, I will say it's interesting because this game is not an original game. Uh, it's funny, if you if you actually play the game, one thing I like with this game is it's got historical information baked in. Mm-hmm, and if you'll right. indulge me, Boat, I printed out, I've got a little uh, a little printout here of, what, of the history of this game. So, Speed was based on the 1980s PC game called Digger, and was first programmed on the Archimedes in 1994 for a school engineer uh, engineering competition by Lee Duke and Dell Robinson. The school won first prize. This ZX Next version of Speed is updated with features such as tunnels, switch doors, growing fungus, Teslas, force field, and mines. It's and this is the, another thing I want to say. The first level it says is almost an exact replica. Of the original speed level, which was based on the BBC micro game Mr. Wiz. Unfortunately, all other info on the original speed has been lost. This is straight mm. from the game. So this game was based on games that were based on several other games. <laughs> so <laughs> this game it's, like, it's a full on Russian nesting doll. It's a checkered, checkered past. Now this game was developed by Lee Duke, as who was mentioned there. 
Uh, as far as I can tell, uh, and I, this was the first game he's ever actually published. Uh, right, so Rally Gate, you're getting this is the first time go of it. Now, I'll admit, uh, as I sat here before I'd actually played the game with the box and looked it over, I looked at the still shots on the back of this, and I tried to envision what this game was. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was a, a, a Mr. Do clone. I couldn't tell if it was a Dig Dug clone. I couldn't tell what this was until I actually played it. <clears throat> well, it turns out, uh, much to my delight anyway, it is it is a, a clone of nothing. Uh, really, it's sort of a unique uh, puzzle-style game involving digging. Uh, you're, you're, you play like a basically a bulldozer. I believe this guy's name is something like Diggy McDigface, boat, if I'm not mistaken. I am not surprised. <laughs> and so, and your job is to, yeah, Diggy McDigface. I was right. Digger McDigface. I don't want to hose Diggy. Well, but, his friends call him Diggy. Oh, I see. Your job is to go through and collect, uh, basically, the uh, a, a collectible on each level, diamonds uh, or the like. And you are being accosted by the bad guys. There's a, there's a lot of different bad guys in this. Uh, there are these three multicolored guys. Then you're also going to get uh, various other things that you pick up along the way. It it starts out simple enough. You just dig around and pick up these uh, diamonds, and then you move on to the next level. Every level has a cutscene uh, in between it, but, but which is thankfully skippable. Mm-hmm. And the levels start out with so what I would consider qu- quite nice music, Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you booted this thing up the first time, what were your first impressions, Boat? Well, I was expecting this to be a game like Mr. Do. Right. Because when you look at this screen, that's what you think of. You got fruit, you've got you you've got falling projectiles, falling rocks or whatever, and you've got bad guys that are roaming about, okay? And you're making a path through, you know, some sort of material, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of dirt or whatever. Yeah. However, uh, like you said, this game is not really a ripoff of anything. It's it's an amalgamation of lots of different types of games. Um, the uh, I would say that the game that this reminds me most of is Boulder Dash because there are ways that you can get stuck in levels that you just that just don't happen in games like Dig Dug or Mister Do. Because the the rocks that fall stay where they fall. You can't push them out of the way. You're remarkably ineffective as an operator of heavy equipment in this game. It's actually quite not- infuriating that you can't yeah. push these. I, I mean, at first I was like, "What?" Right, but that's and so if, if, and you you're, if you're looking, your yeah. if you're looking for a straight up action game like Mister Do or Dig Dug, where you're constantly on the move, doing stuff, running around, that's not what this game is. This game is a lot more. You've got to think about what you do before you act. Um, the enemies, much like in Mister Do, uh, are they can they only travel in uh, in areas that you've undug now. In later levels, they sort of gain the ability to kind of pass through places that you haven't dug. And I think they might be set on a timer in a way. One of one of the, the problems that I have with this game is the inconsistency of the enemy movement. Uh, because the enemies just sort of, they're, they're not really after you as much as they're just sort of mindless zombies that roam about for the most part. But they still get in your way a lot. Uh, but it would be really great if they would be consistent, like either don't let them go in places you haven't dug yet 
or make them change whenever they morph into the, like, for example, in Dig Dug, the enemies change into ghosts and they're able to float in places that you haven't tunneled. Uh, in Mr. Do, they actually change form completely and uh, they they turn into these, like, you know, these these different sorts of monsters and things like that. In this game, you don't get the memo that they, that they can do that, and that can screw you in a lot of ways. Um, but anyway, you move throughout these levels, and your 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 goal, as you said, is to get all of the collectibles in each level. Okay. Um, the uh, now, what makes this game different than those other those other games like Dig Dug or whatever is there are teleportation gates in this game, and they're they're all you know the the, the big thing with this game is there's a million different things, but there's really only like three object types. So you've got the collectible, you've got the thing that drops that can trap you, and you've got teleportation gates. That's it. That's the game. Now they, there's a lot of different skins on these things, but at the end of the day, that that's what you've got. Um, now is this game, um, well, I don't, I don't want to go into, you know, what I, what I, what I think in totalitarianism of this game in total. Uh, but I think that, um, I get the feeling that this game is sort of a jack of all trades, master of none type experience. And the biggest problem that I have with it is that it tries to shoehorn all of these different concepts into one game. But on top of it, the first thing that you need in a game like this, in a game where timing is everything, is you need to have really tight, responsive controls. And, you know, true to its actual real-life form, I mean, you're, you're, you're maneuvering this big, you know, bulldozer around. It doesn't exactly turn on a dime. And in the way that you move, it doesn't it doesn't allow for a lot of rapid movement. If you're a, if you're a Mr. Do guy, you learn to whip that joystick in every which way. And he immediately responds in this game. Everything moves just a little bit too slowly. And it's really annoying because the monsters sure don't move slowly. They move quick as a, you know, quick as a flash. So, uh, Aaron, what are your impressions? Did you, did you like this one? Well, you know, I, I will say I got to level 10. Okay. okay? So you may have gotten further than I did. Uh, I got to level ten uh, when when I uh, on the times I got to play that this week, and the game it, it it's a funny game because it's it has a lot in common with the aforementioned games Dig Dug and Mister Do. The one thing it doesn't give you is is uh, the ability to really hurt your enemies. That you have much. no offensive I mean, weapon. Yeah, well, I meant I'm, to mention that too. Yeah, very good point. I mean, you've got what you've got is the ability to drop the boulders or fruit or whatever. That's it. That's all you've got. And you can't push that stuff, so it's a, you have to play very defensively. And on top of that, you get into a lot. There's a lot of very close quarters because a lot of these levels, these aren't like Mister Do or Dig Dug levels where you've got this huge expanse of dirt. These mm -hmm. levels are often part of a maze uh, or or a walled-in section where you're going to be in very close quarters with one of the three monsters that are that are roaming around. Uh, the, the, to get you. By the way, their names are Harry, Barry, and Larry, uh, uh, according okay. to the documentation. And the monsters are actually, it, that's one of the places where the game is odd. You're going to be, the monsters, like you said, they can only pass through areas you've dug, except if there's one little thin line between two tunnels, which is basically the graphical area there. They can go right through that. All right. They can go. Now, can they, I don't, there may be a portion of the game, and you may have gotten further than me. 
I've uh, definitely seen I've definitely seen them pass through areas that were bigger than that. Yeah, I've never seen sure. them. I mean, on the first ten levels, I didn't see it, but I didn't guess as far as I got. But they could absolutely pass between two tunnels and the little graphical line that stands. Like I, I well, what it might be is once you know they all all of these are basically tiles. You know, they're 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 square tiles. Yeah, and it could be that because like I've like uncovered like half of a tile, but yeah. maybe once you sort of break that that tile shape. In any in any capacity, maybe they can pass it's, through. It's maybe possible, that's but it I know is. for yeah. certain they can go through just the the dirt between two lanes. Right. right. And so, why why does that matter? Well, often you're going to that's going to be this what separates you from the bad guy. And so, effectively at those junctures, you're going to be hoping that he just doesn't come across and get you. He might, he might not. And so, what you get into into when you get into that area, it's like an element of luck. As opposed to skill, well, and, and I, I also, saw no way yeah, that also, you. Also, I'm sorry. What, what's what's aggravating about that is, like I said, that the monsters aren't particularly concerned about coming after you. You know that they're they're just as likely to pass you by when you're going up and they're going down as they are to come get you. And and like you said, it all comes down to luck. It's like, well, I wonder if they're going to come and get me this time. Versus if you know they're always going to come after you, then you can you can adjust your play accordingly. I found that as I played this, that you the monsters, there was not entire predictability, but there was a little bit. And for example, when you open a new area that the monster hasn't been, he will almost certainly go into that right. area. Right, that's the way he's programmed, absolutely. Okay, so which makes him uh, a, a, a someone who's on your tail a lot, depending on how... Because a lot of these areas, one of the things this game does that I find interesting is there are gates uh, that you have to unlock. And so many of the many of the different areas are comprised of little enclosed areas that make mm -hmm. up the whole screen. So for example, if you've got a full screen here, make it split it in, in quarters and you can, and each quarter is a different area that is cut off from the others, except for a gate or that maybe you may have to unlock, for example, that the monsters can't pass through. And so you're, what that means is you're in such close quarters with the enemy that it that's that's where that element of luck becomes a, a, a much bigger deal. Okay, so I that I'd say that part kind of turned me off a little bit uh, because it's just it it seems like you're just hoping they don't get you. Mm -hmm. Now, if there may be a method to it, and I did get past, I did get to level ten, so I got past some stuff. Uh, but it, sometimes I just thought that I got lucky. You know, that I, I, I'm. Often you'll complete a level by the skin of your teeth. You're barely going to get out because yeah, you're which is a good feeling. I mean, that that's a good thing in any game. Yeah, but like I said, I I just found that the inconsistency in the enemy pathfinding was really off putting. Well, I, I you know, the, like I said, it's the, they're odd. They behave. They behave. They are. I I found them to be uh, semi aggressive. I, I, you know, they. But again, that could just be because they come after you when you open a path. Who knows? Uh, all that said. I was ready to poo-poo this bad boy right out of the gate because now I don't know much about what the Spectrum Next can do that the original Specky can't. Okay, I know there are some things, uh, but this game didn't look. It didn't blow me away in terms of like its graphical abilities. Yeah, so I we should. Are we? Let's talk about that a little bit. So, yeah. what you've got here is a game that does not really look like it should. It, the, the 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 title screen looks great. Yeah, the title screen looks great. The end game graphics 
I mean, when you think about the ZX freaking next, the machine that say, that, that, that that launched a thousand ships that everybody and their brother thought two for the nail for years to get on the exclusive pre-order list on the Kickstarter. This is not the type of graphics that I am thinking about. You know, what you have here is a game that looks slightly better than a C64 game. Um, in terms of its presentation, your your the 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 main animated uh, bulldozer that looks fine, you know it looks fine. The monsters look terrible. I mean, they just look terrible. They look like something out of a forty eight k ZX Spectrum game, just with two colors instead of one. They 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 flail about like wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. It's just it's it's not a good looking game. The the boulders and everything. There's no animation in the background. There's not you know the the diamonds don't shine at you as the, as, as 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 you're waiting to collect them. There there are no graphical touches. The fungus as it grows, it doesn't animate as it grows. It just appears when you destroy an enemy. It doesn't crush. It doesn't get crushed like it does in Mister Do. It just disappears like a freaking forty eight k Spectrum game. I the I I can't tell you sort of how disappointed I am in terms of the, the graphical fidelity in a game like this that's touted to be a ZX Next release. Well, I, was, I wasn't nearly that disappointed, and I'll tell you why. This is the first time I've played a ZX Next game for any length. I had a cup of coffee with some before the Unamiga choked on them. And so one would ask, what should a ZX Next game look like? Should it look like an Amiga game? What should it look like? I mean, in my mind, a ZX Next game should look a little bit like, say, a ZX 128 game with better colors and no color clash. And that's sort of what this looks like, right? It should sound, at the bare minimum, as well as a ZX 128 game. And this sounds at least that good. The sound quality in this is outstanding. You would never find this on the original ZX, just the 128. So, by definition, I mean, again... I don't know what as uh, what people expect from their ZX Next, and I wasn't heavily invested well, in it. Yeah, so it, I don't know I, what to look you for. Do, but you it, do it, make it's a colorful. Point. It's a colorful game. Now, what I would have liked to have seen. I mean, they're like the off-screen bulldozers are animated. There's some little touches. Here's what I would like to have seen. This is far beyond the uh, the what we're talking about here in terms of the, whether it's a good ZX Next game or not. I think they could have had used the full screen. And that's one thing I, you know, we see it, we play a lot of these old games, but where they cut the screen by a third and they're doing that because they're using limited hardware with the ZX next, you should have the horsepower to show me a full screen game without having a third of it cut off. And this game could have used that extra third of the screen desperately. Well, and so I I mean, would, it, that's what I would like to have seen. I would like to have seen the whole screen used at, to give you a little more uh, play field area. I think that would have been so. I can see a deficiency there, but in terms of how do I judge this on its on its graphical quality? I mean, this is sort of what I kind of expected because we're playing in the realm of what of speculation. What would a, the the next one have looked like? As opposed, My, to like you know, because yeah. this could probably have done a lot better. You know, but they could have went out and just put ZX Next and strapped on the front of a PC. But that's different. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a, there's I mean, a, to there's me, a lane here. To me, if you're, I understand exactly what you're saying, and we don't at this point we don't know what a ZX Next game looks like. I mean, we've looked, I've looked at several several games, um, you know, and 
they they all there's not really a unifying look you know like when you play a a, a zx spectrum game a 48k or 128k zx spectrum game you immediately know what it is because of the the, the limitations but also because of sort of the art the way that it kind of turned into an art form right and and i you know whenever you do a machine like the like the next i don't know it it just seems like if they wanted to make it look retro they should have leaned a little bit more heavily in that direction because otherwise if you if you if you don't go out of your way to sort of make it look retro then it looks just sort of like bad and 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 again i come back to the i come back to the enemies i just can't get over just just how sort of uninspired the the enemies look um everything else is is pretty forgivable about the graphics uh and i totally disagree with you about the play field i think the play field is a perfect size this is an arcade style game you want to have your high score the lives and the level plus the room name that very british touch in the in on, on the side of the screen i don't have a problem with that it's not as if the levels would have gotten any bigger if you had more of the screen to play with but I just would have liked to have seen better enemies, better animation, better animation, especially. Um, and, uh, and maybe even just like, I don't know. I don't know what I want. The That's reason, part of the problem. The reason I talk about the screen size is this, and we, it's, I touched on it earlier. I don't like the fact that you're relying on uh, luck to get past some of this stuff. All but right? the, the, how would the screen a, size improve that? Because you could have a little more, you could do one of two things. Okay. One involves a bigger screen, and one doesn't. One, you can make it where the uh, where the three bad guys just can't pass through that thin layer of dirt. Okay, or you could give me a little bit more dirt to work with. Right, those and, and which is why that's having the screen being large, you'd have a little more room to work because these are, are enclosed areas. I just think, I mean, this game. I like this game, by the way. I'm not gonna poo poo. I think it's fun. It surprised me because the puzzles in it are very clever. It's a hard to put down game, uh, it, for me. Uh, it they you know I like the idea of unlocking the gates. You know I like all the aspects of it except for the luck element that I don't like, and so and that can be off putting to me uh, because it's always there every level, and that's why it's an, it's always in my face that I'm right beside this guy, and at any point he can just come and kill me. And this isn't a thing where, like, I'm not good enough or whatever. That's just the way it is. I mean, because there do you is no think way adding, to get around it. Do you think uh, another alternative would be to add an offensive weapon, a.k.a. the ball and Mr. Do? I, it would be nice to at least be able to, to... I can see why you can't, okay? And the reason they did that is because the, the puzzle aspects of the game require those guys to be sort of almost omnipresent. I mean, you could... You could smush one, but they come back, you know, and so, uh, and also it pushes the action along. Okay, so I could see what because you got to think when you've got these enclosed areas, if you're killing everyone off, then you could just linger around for a while. There's well, no yeah, but I mean, so if, you if, you did it, if you did it like the ball, you know, the ball you can only use one time, and there's a big cooldown. The enemies also respawn. You know, actually, I guess they don't respawn in Mister Do, do they? No, but um, that's my point. And so yeah. in this game. Uh, I can I, there, there that was part of the overall game uh, and yeah. not having a uh, not having a more weaponized bulldozer. Right. So I don't know. Would it have helped? It would have felt more like a game I've played before, and this one doesn't. This one seems harder to me, mm -hmm. uh, but fun. So and again, I wish I, this thing's got like fifty levels. I think it has a hundred levels. Do, does it have a hundred? I know it's got at least forty-seven, and I'll talk about that in a minute. 
but it's funny because I couldn't find the amount of levels written down anywhere. Uh, but the uh, I, I think I think there's fun to be had, and I think I you know like the graphical I thought it was okay. I thought it got the point across. Just the, really, there's really that I've got that one gripe, and I don't know if weaponized and stuff or not would make a difference. I do want to point something out though. I was looking up Lee uh, Duke on his uh, Facebook, and sure enough, uh, uh, I think it was uh, a couple. It's about three or four months ago. He put a message out, and the message read. It would seem that despite my best efforts in playtesting speed, I have unintentionally left a bug in level 47, rendering it unsolvable. Oh. For, for which I'm very sorry <laughs> about. I've created a patch file for this and a screen position error for when the game final and sequence is interrupted. Uh, which I think it meant final end sequence. If you have purchased a copy, please contact uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, future purchases will contain the patch file. So most people probably will end up getting, well, I don't know, it depends on how these sell. If people pre-ordered a lot of them, a lot of people probably have the bugged version. Now, I've not gotten to level 47, obviously, uh, and I'm guessing you didn't get there either. No, uh, no. But it's something to keep in mind, and if you did purchase this game, uh, you can pop one over, and Lee is offering the for, good thing about living in the modern age, and of course, everyone's got a ZX, they're probably... Like uh, you know, online uh, or in or on the network in some capacity. So really, patching it shouldn't be a big tr- big deal, right? Uh, but right. Uh, again, you know, it's this is it's the interesting realm. the way that these you know this is the first time that we've seen these um, these games before. This is the first time we've done a ZX Next game, yeah. And uh, I I actually created the VHD file for us to play this game, yes, because they. I- I couldn't get mine to work with what I had. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, and so the way that it works is that every, and okay, the way that speed works and the way that I assume that all of these games work is not the, the, the little memory card, not only does it contain the game, it also contains all of the files necessary, all of the BIOS for the ZX Next itself because the system itself runs off an SD card, much like the Mr. and everything else. Mm-hmm. So you're actually getting on every little SD card, you're getting all the files necessary for the ZX Spectrum to, or the ZX Next run in addition to the game file itself. It is, you know, just, uh, this is a sidebar here, but I want to talk about it just because we've kind of brought it up. Since, and we, who knows when we're going to come down this road again with the ZX Next. Uh, when you, th- when, b- before you had seen this game and played any ZX Next stuff, in your mind, what would constitute the system that you would think would be appropriate to be called the ZX Next? Like, where I mean, what I say that is, think about all the systems that have came out after the ZX. Okay, think mm-hmm. about them all in your head. There's a cutoff somewhere, and you that you know would be too modern, right? Is there a system that would be comparable to what you think the ZX Next should be? I mean, should it be like a, a, a the same as a NES? Should yeah, it be this, yeah. yeah. It would it would be the same as is is something like uh you know how people make pixel art games that look like for example a great example of this is uh, Mega Man Nine. Remember when Mega Man Nine came out and it looked like an NES game? Now there were things going on behind the scenes that would not make it run on an NES, but it looked like an NES. That's sort of the way that I I picture like the ZX Spectrum is that if I was going to make a ZX next. It would the games would still look like ZX Spectrum games. It would have the same palette and everything, but it wouldn't have the slowdown. It definitely wouldn't have the tape loading time. It would have better sound. I'm sorry, I cannot get nostalgic for the 48k beeper. It would have it would have better sound. It would essentially be 
sort of like a 128, but have, you know, have even more like you could have multicolor sprites without color clash, but you'd keep that same palette. You'd keep sort of the same feeling like to me. And again, this is so totally subjective. Yeah. But like this doesn't feel like a ZX Spectrum game. This feels like somebody made like an indie game that looks like an old game. That's a cross between a couple different classic computer and arcade games. See- um to me, I would, it, it does look. I mean, look at the look at the. You talk about the bad guys looking j- like kind of jakey. They look like eight bit bad guys. That's mm-hmm. so they look straight. I mean, so I I think that the, uh, um, I think that they that part of it they got right. I mean, the bad guys just look, they look like the kind of guys you would expect yeah. to find in an eight bit game. Yeah, and yeah. depending on how far we know the weird history of of speed, sort of right. I don't know if these guys were in the other versions or if they right. looked like this. We have no idea. So we don't know right. how much of this was an homage to the previous versions as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And again, it's it's hard. I imagine that we might be getting some blowback on this episode uh, because people that are real into the ZX Spectrum or the, the ZX Next, you know, they they want to like everything that's released for it. Because, I mean, how else are they going to justify the expense of getting the machine and all of the hype and all of the waiting and everything like that? Now, I'm not saying all ZX Next fans are like that, but there's definitely a contingent. I've been in the Facebook groups. I know what goes on. So the the question is, is like, is playing this game going to make you, you know, appreciate the ZX Next for what it is? Or... Does this not scratch that itch? Does it not make you feel like you're back in 1985? It's like it's like the way that I the way that I think you should approach the next is like it's like the spectrum like you remember it through those rose tinted glasses where you don't remember the bad things but you only remember the good things and you didn't have anything to compare it to because it was your first computer. So taking those same feelings and taking those same sorts of ideas and tropes and just taking out all of the bad stuff, but leaving in the things that made the specky the specky, to me, that's what I hoped the ZX Next would do. Have I seen any Next games that do that so far? No. Have I seen all the Next games? No. So there's tons to explore. There's tons to discover out there. I'm going to keep playing them as they get released. But uh, you know, so far, what I pictured the next to be in terms of its software has not yet come to fruition. Yeah, I'll just say, I don't. I mean, blowback. I, mean, I don't think we're we're killing the next. I mean, no, no. this is a the next was something that I loosely followed when it came out. Because and then of course we got into the spectrum more and more of the years. Uh, it's funny. I, it would be interesting to know, and so I'm sure someone out there knows this boat. It would be interesting to know the 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 thought the thought process. Maybe a committee was involved when the, to determine what this thing would be. It would be interesting if they gathered a committee together and then they decided on a, I mean, sort of educated, arbitrary way that the ZX Next would work. What would be the upper limits of the graphics? What would be the upper me- limits of the memory? How fast would it run? How many colors would it support? Because one of the unique aspects and elements of the next project is, I mean, this thing never existed. And so you basically are pulling it from the ether, boat. You're just kind of right. pulling it down like that. And so, and I'm not well, ver- and there may be documentation somewhere that tells me everything I want to know, but I've never seen it. But in terms of what I expect from the next, this is sort of what I expected. I'm not expecting Amiga quality 
graphics or, or audio, but I'm right. expecting better graphics. I'm expecting more colors. This game had a, was a very colorful game. Uh, it had good music. It had multiple tracks. I think it had five or six tracks in it that were well done. And I think it, with the uh, with a few small uh, things I didn't like, overall, I had fun. Is it one I'll go back to? Probably, to be honest with you. it's I, I like light puzzle elements, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the digging part appeals to me, so it's something I can get into. Uh, and I will say, uh, one thing I did notice about this, I looked on the website, you can buy this digitally, eight pounds, and the uh, uh, the physical copy of this thing, the physical copy, which we both said was quality, is only yes. 18 pounds. Not bad. Very, I mean, we've yeah, seen very reasonable. A lot more than that. So I think it's reasonable. I think if you're the kind of person that likes to get stuff just to just to have it, if you collect the boxes and stuff, you can do a lot worse than that because it's pretty. It's and also, oh by the way, there's a good game in there too, a pretty good game for a fellow that's sort of just uh, dipping his toe in the pool of game releases. I think that uh, I think he might have something to go on, man. Lee Duke, I think you should keep the ball rolling, and I hope. And from what I read, this game was well received, and apparently the pre-orders were real good. It sold well, so hopefully this is the uh, the first move in a career uh, on the next where uh, Lee releases a lot of neat stuff. And I'm looking forward to seeing some other neat stuff. And I'm sure we're going to get back to the next sometime in the near future. But I I really I enjoy this sort of treading into the new world a little bit, boat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh even though like I said I have some some issues with the with the gameplay itself, uh the concept is sound. Like you said, light puzzle elements with an action sort of, you know, mechanic. You can't go wrong with stuff like that. That that, that that's that's evergreen in terms of a great theme. Uh and 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 the the, the your little bulldozer guy, who doesn't like a bulldozer? You Digger know, McDig face boat. Right. I right, doubt so. that was his original name. It's just a guess. <laughs> All right, Aaron. So we're going to close things up here. Just reminding everybody that if you like our Sinclair and you'd like to see it turn into a weekly show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash our Sinclair to help us reach our goal. Uh, we do want to thank all of our Patreon supporters, Edvin Helland, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Hermsky, Paul Bossman Harrington, Peter Mulholland, Chris Folds, Gary Heather, Jed Byrne, Mark Durham, Mitsuyama, Pixels at Dawn, and Seth Yates. All right, Aaron, next time on Our Sinclair, we're going back, back to the original, back to the 48K, Aaron. We're going to take a look at an adventure game that I think you're really going to get into. This is a game inspired by Aleister Crowley himself. Oh, my. Yes. We're going to be playing Heavy on the Magic. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it should be a good one. All right, guys. Thank you as always. And we will see you next time. Until then, rewind tape and press play.